0: Christmas playlist and we looked at the angel song, Mary's song, Simeon's song last week. I wanted to go in the direction of singing a new song uh, unto the Lord uh, in the new covenant and uh, got some ideas and thoughts written down about that but it's going in a different direction. Lisa always bounces stuff off of me, always good ideas, I get nuggets from that and I write things down Um, but yesterday I just didn't know where we were going or what we were going to do. And uh, so uh, I just went home and watched the Cowboys scrape one out. And, uh, <laughs> and we were screaming and hollering at the TV. And, it's you know, the Cowboys, uh, it's, it's like they will really increase your prayer life. And it's like you're disappointed one second, and then it's like, oh, no, it's really, and then, then the next second. It's like, but Lord is good, and they won, and we'll see how they do from here on out. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then you hate them, and I'm sorry about that. And uh, Did you have anything you want to share, or do you want to wait? Okay, we'll just see where it goes. Well, um, I want to review a little bit. I believe review is good. I believe review encourages us. Um, you know, when David was going to fight Goliath, he was going to face that giant. Um, he reviewed past victories to increase his faith. He was believing in the same God that helped him with the bear and with the lion was the same God that was going to help him when he faced Goliath. And I know if we went around the room this morning and we handed the microphone to each of you, you would give a testimony of the goodness of God in your life in 2023. Uh, And beyond that, I know I look back and um, I just was very sick at my stomach yesterday to hear that a 25 year old man, a young man, one of Matthew's friends that we grew up, he grew up in our neighborhood, I was outside playing basketball and sleigh riding with this young man for years and he was killed in a car accident this week. Uh, But I can look back two years ago (laughs) and see the goodness of God, I don't understand why God spares this one and I, I don't understand all that but I know he's good. And I can see the victories in my life and that encourages me facing anything that we want to look at in the the coming days and years that he is still good and he's the same God that helped David with the bear and the lion and in your situation that will help you uh, in the years to come. Uh, But in January and February, it's hard to believe that on Wednesday of this week it will have been one year since I preached in my home church and it seems like it was just yesterday. I mean, it just seems like yesterday we were sitting there and preaching, and it's been a year. But in January and February, you might want to write some notes down and and look at this as we review, because it might be something you want to go back and look at that will help you. But we looked at living well and loving well in January and February of 2023. Living well. We talked about our relationships. We talked about... uh, finances we talked about stress and then in our february series and in the emotional side of loving well and loving others well because we have been loved well in march we spoke to mature audiences only and we looked at the difference between being childish and childlike because there's a difference because paul said when i was a child i thought like a child and i spoke like a child but he said, when I became a man, when I matured, I put away childish things. But he never stopped being childlike. And then in April, we, May, we looked at the good news, the good news of the shepherd, the good news of the finished work of the cross. The, um, Easter came upon us, and we looked at the king has already come. Thank the Lord. Amen? June and July, we looked at listening to the voice of God and how to hear his voice and what is he saying to us and because what he says to us is important and he's just not spouting off at the mouth it's important for us and he is speaking to us and he's saying the same thing that he's always said he's not changed his mind about you that's good news in August we were kind of all over the place and um, September just slipped my mind just like that but October we looked at encounters face to face with God in these encounters. And uh, November, I really enjoyed the series in November, talking about seeing differently, speaking differently, um, thinking differently, and behaving differently as we looked at our series differently. And then again, I said we wrapped it up with the songs, the original playlist. And Lisa said to me last night, she sent me a text message. She was here cleaning and I had gone home to clean up myself, and sat down on the couch to watch the Cowboys, and she sent me a scripture from Ephesians, the first chapter. If you want to get your Bibles out, that's where we're going to go this morning. I would encourage you to look at those series again for insight, for wisdom, for encouragement, for strength through the year, and then it will build upon what God is going to show us and do for us and in us in 2024. Anybody believe that? Um, I just had it. I don't know where it went. But Our friend Jamie Inglehart posted that um, on Facebook, you know, a lot of ministers and ministries look for a prophetic word going into a new year and they kind of have a theme and there is nothing wrong with that at all. But if you just want a cliche and, a, uh, you know, something that rhymes Something like, I want more in 24. Um, He's already given you of all of his fullness. You're going to see this morning something here that about every and all, we just need more knowledge and more awareness of what we already have. But Lisa posted this for a prophetic word. And I think it will encourage you. If you can't get it all as I read it, then look at her Facebook post. But she said... Here's my prophetic word for 2024 You will find God everywhere you look because He's everywhere all the time. And then, phone is doing real good this morning. Technology is wonderful. The more aware you become of your union with Christ, the less anxious you will feel and the more productive you will become. His kingdom will continue to advance as it does every moment in every sphere of society. This is a prophetic word. If you focus on what is dark, your perspective will be darkened. If you focus on his light, your perspective will be enlightened. If you do the same things that you are not, that are not producing positive outcomes, your life will continue to be the same. The church will continue to grow because Jesus is building his church. What you fill your mind with will shape the reality that you live in in 2024. Playing a victim still won't work. Think higher and live bigger. Wisdom will be available to those who take responsibility and elusive to those who expect others to take responsibility for their lack of commitment to a better version of themselves and the world around them it will get brighter and brighter because heaven is invading earth in every season. I like that, I highlighted that. There will be opportunities to multiply resources to bless the nations, advance the kingdom, and establish a legacy if you pay attention to what is trending in heaven versus what is trending in the world. Jesus will remain king. Solutions will manifest from heaven. Revelation will increase and many will come into the kingdom of God in 2024. I also highlighted that and underlined that because many, I'm prophesying as she did, many will come into the kingdom of God in 2024. That's a good positive outlook for the year ahead of us. And in Ephesians, the first chapter, Verse number three in the mirror translation, this is what it says. Let's celebrate God. If we can't do anything in 2024, let's celebrate. It's been over 30 years ago since Cool and the gang sang it. Celebration time tells you how old most of us are in the room. But it's what Paul is encouraging the church at Ephesus that I believe echoes through generations to us today that we should celebrate God what does it mean to celebrate it means to mark with festivities oh that's good we should be marking God and the goodness of God in the Old Testament what they did is they set up Ebenezer's they would pile up a pile of rocks and they would say when they saw those rocks that that was at Ebenezer, they would mark and celebrate what God had done in that location at that particular time. When we come together on Sunday mornings, it should be a celebration. We are gathering with brothers and sisters and uh, friends and we are celebrating. We are marking with festivities the goodness of God. Why? It says there in Ephesians 1, For he has lavished every blessing of heaven upon his children in Christ. How has he done that? How did he lavish every gift of heaven on you and I? He did it in Christ. Another way to celebrate, this word celebrate means to honor or to praise publicly, usually in a social gathering. Many are going to gather tonight in a social setting, whether that's in a friend's home, at a hotel, at some type of casino or some hotel. People are going to gather in a social setting and they're going to celebrate. They're going to ring out the old and ring in the new. I guess I'm the only one that's excited about celebrating God. God. I, bl- I wish that sometimes we could get what's in us to come to our face and let our face and our hands and our mouth express with festivities, marking it with the goodness of God. The world has fireworks for almost every occasion now. There are big booms and bright lights, and whether it's Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th, New Year's, and if you go to Disney, it's every day of the year. They're marking it with fest, celebrating. The King James Bible uses the word "blessed" for this word "celebrate." It means to praise and to celebrate with praises, acknowledging His goodness. So this celebration that is being discussed here, this we are blessing God publicly. We are honoring him in a social setting, in a gathering, and we're marking it with festivities. Now, we can do that every day of the week in our homes too, but this type of celebration that Paul's telling the church at Ephesus should be expressed in a social gathering when we come together to acknowledge the goodness of God. That's what we want to do when we come to church at Grace Life. When I'm talking to Bobby in the coffee uh, time over in the, activities building, when we're on the parking lot, when before service, after service, during the service, we're acknowledging the goodness of God. Can we make an effort to celebrate God in 2024? Can I get an amen? So let's just set the record straight. God's good. All the time and all the time God is good. God is not good because you're good. God is good because... That's his nature. That's who he is. He is good all by himself. Even when I am bad, God is good. We just have to set the record straight for that. So our circumstances do not dictate to us how we celebrate. Or they shouldn't dictate to us how we celebrate. Because God is good even when my circumstances don't, the outlook doesn't look too bright. He lavished every blessing of heaven upon us and wrapped it in human flesh in the incarnation of Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly heavenly realm has already been given to us. It was a love gift. How do I know that it was a love gift? Because every human being that's ever learned any scripture verse has probably learned John 3.16 for God so loved the world it was a love gift that he gave us Christ and wrapped up in that was every heavenly blessing and every gift he showed and revealed to us who the father was and how good he was that's reason to celebrate Write this down, meditate on it, study it out. Sorry, I can't on Apple Watch. Well, I'm sure you couldn't, Siri. I'm sorry that you're turned on this morning. There you go. Here, we, here it is. We should be mesmerized by the merchant. If we should write it down. We should be mesmerized by the merchant. Here it is. Matthew the 13th chapter, verses 45 and 46, the Passion Translation. It'll be on the screen. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for us, for it. This is, the merchant is Jesus. Guess who is the pearl? The exquisite precious pearl. Raise your hand. You are a pearl of great price. And he emptied heaven to come and purchase you. Hmm. If you will read the parable right before that, he also says you are a treasure. And when he found you, he took you and buried you in a piece of land, and then he purchased all of the land so that you would be protected and he could treasure you as his treasure. (sighs) Is that not reason enough to celebrate that he finds you as a pearl of great price? You know, I went to Bible college, and supposedly (laughs) we studied the scripture to find out what it was saying in the original language and stuff. And I was never told that I was the pearl of great price. I was always told that Jesus was. How many of y'all always heard Jesus was the pearl? That's what I grew up hearing that. Well, if he's the pearl, who gave up everything to purchase him? We didn't give up anything. He gave us his life. We're the pearl. We're the treasure. Now, as some old men of the faith used to say, that'd make a Presbyterian speak in tongues. That'd make a Baptist jump. It's reason to celebrate. (laughs) We celebrate the lavishness of the Father. Verse 4 of Ephesians 1. And in love, He chose us before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. Can I, Let's just take a history lesson real quick. This is being written post-cross. This is post-death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. This is post-upper room outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is um, written in Ephesus, which is a Gentile country, and Paul is telling them, and and again, I have to say that it echoes through the centuries to every generation. He is telling them that before God spoke the world's, laid the foundation of the universe. Before that, he had in his heart and his mind, he ordained the design plan, the blueprint, that you and I would be seen as holy and unstained and innocent in his eyes. That's very important. It's so important that we need to Meditate on it and grab it and be awakened to it. Because when you get that revelation in your heart and it's just not a scripture on a page, you will celebrate. When you really begin to believe in your heart that before he ever spoke the stars and the moons and the waters and the planets and the fish, that before all of that he had ordained a plan, he had a blueprint of a design in mind that when he created you and me, All the way back to Adam and Eve, how were they created? In his image, in our likeness, there's something going around in college sports called NIL, name, image, and likeness. And these guys are getting millions of dollars in college because of their name, their image, and their likeness. Do you know that name, image, and likeness is not original with the NCAA? name, image, and likeness before the foundation of the world he preordained that you would have his name that you would be created in Him, his image and likeness and I'm not born after Adam or in Adam I'm born in Christ that's, that's important to get a hold of where we're going with this today because I think it's something to celebrate in 2024 it's a new year But it's not a new you. It's an original you. It is your original design that in his eyes you are holy. And that you are unstained and innocent. I've done it. And there's nothing wrong with trying to improve in the next year. I'm not telling you that, but I've preached sermons on a new you, a new view, a new you. But real, really all it is, it is awakening to and recognizing and realizing what your original design was. Your original design is the blueprint of God. Created and designed in His image and in His likeness. I'm a building inspector. I go into buildings to make sure that they're safe. I also must inspect blueprints and architectural designs to make sure that they are being built to keep people safe. If I go into a home, say Joey buys a home and he wants to remodel that home, One of the things that I'm going to ask him for in his remodel and redesign is I want a set of the original blueprints. Because if he disturbs, listen to me, the foundation of that house, the original intent and design and the purpose of that foundation, whatever he does after that won't stand. We celebrate God for his great love for us in our original design and purpose. Let's keep on looking at Ephesians 1. Is this helping anybody? I'm getting excited about it. I want to celebrate in 2024 the goodness of God for his great love for us. Ephesians 1.5 says, For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union With Jesus, the anointed one, so that this tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify him. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for you. Can I read that again? For the same love that God the Father has for his beloved Jesus is the same love that he has for you. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. What, he's, what Paul's saying, it brings pleasure to the Father that he can love you the way that he loved Jesus and that you step into the original design that he had for you. I'm building on all of this. This is really going to be something. When you can put all these pieces together this morning, before you were born, he gave you a destiny that we would fulfill his plan. All of that is wrapped up in Jesus. If you go to any church or you listen to any ministry or minister on television or a podcast, and for 52 weeks you've listened to them and they've not pointed you to Jesus, get out. If you're not hearing a beautiful story of what Jesus has done for you and how much He loves you and how much He loves you that He's working on you right now so that He can work through you. The gospel is not you're going to hell in a handbasket. The gospel is this is what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's why it's called good news. We celebrate His redeeming power since we are now joined to christ we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood the total cancellation of all of our sins highlight that underline that put stars and exclamation points and arrows to to it he has through his blood brought the total cancellation of our sins all because of the cascading riches of his grace we need to review the plan of God for our lives his original intent was for all for us to always be blessed have provision and live in abundance three things were his original intent in the design that he has for you in that blueprint included that you would always be blessed that you would always have provision and that you would live in abundance. Genesis 1.28, from the beginning, and God stooped down and blessed. It means that he bent down, he bowed low, he saw man and woman, his creation, and he blessed them. Same word that Paul uses in Ephesians 1.3 to bless the Lord. He celebrated you. From the beginning, he has been celebrating man. All of his creation, look at it in Genesis 1. At the end of each day, he said, and it was good. But when he created you, he said it was very good. His original intent has always been to bless you. His original intent has always been to provide for you. Even in a barren wilderness situation, the children of Israel who had come out of bondage and slavery slavery to the Egyptians for 400 years, in a barren wilderness, he made provision for them. Bread that fell from heaven fresh every day. Water that flowed from a rock. Provision for them. Matter of fact, the promise of God to the children of Israel was that you, would, you could step into a land I believe it's Deuteronomy the eighth chapter, yes, verses seven and eight. He said, I will bring you to a land that is full of provision. It flows with milk and honey and grain and grapes, and he listed all the things. How much better in a new covenant that we don't have to go to a land, but we find every provision that we need in the person of Jesus Christ? That is reason to celebrate. Hmm. And then abundance has always been the plan of God. I would encourage you, go do a word study. Go through the Old Testament and look for abundance. Abundant pardon, abundant provision. Matter of fact, Psalm 65, says, you've crowned this year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Whatever path I'm on, because God is with me, that path is dripping with his abundance. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I have no like. If I don't have lack, like, then I have abundance. Yeah. <laughs> abundant pardon, abundant grace, and of course Jesus said in John 10:10 that he came to give you abundant life. Eternal life, has everything to do with the quality of life now and the quantity of life after the grave. Abundant life is that part of the quality of life now. If you have believed your afterlife is secure, but you don't have to live in hell on earth, you can celebrate the goodness of God and be awakened to the goodness of God. We need to celebrate Him when things are rosy and when things are rough. It's a whole lot easier to celebrate when things are rosy but we still must celebrate and praise him when things are rough. In times of distress and in times of delight on the mountaintop and in the valley we praise and celebrate our king. How can we celebrate? With singing, with dancing, with clapping, with sounds of instruments, with shouts of triumph and joyful noise. Matter of fact, the Bible says, let everything that has breath celebrate and praise the Lord. Psalm 32 verse 11 says, celebrate God. Sing together everyone. All you honest hearts, raise the roof. Now that sounds like a party. Help us to celebrate Jesus, for who he is, for what he's done, and for what he's doing in our lives. Okay, for the next couple of minutes, let me have your attention. I'll finish quickly. Put on mute and pause and put aside all of your preconceived ideas and notions and even your doctrines from your childhood. Would you just put them on the shelf for just a second and listen? Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We have stopped celebrating in the church because we have dwelt far too long and too much on original sin and we've forgotten His original design. I'm going to say it again. Put all your preconceived ideas, your notions and your doctrines on the shelf for just a second. I believe that the worldwide church has stopped celebrating God because we have dwelt too long and for too much on original sin and we've forgotten his original design. Let that sink in. There is a difference between orthodox, orthodoxy and doctrine orthodoxy is original, it's the straight line, it's the straight opinion, it's the right opinion of the way the church fathers preached the the text and what Jesus came to do. Doctrine is what people have formed their opinions around, and so if you look at, church websites you will find here's our statement of faith and here's our, here's our doctrine on man and here's our doctrine on God and here's our doctrine on the Bible and here's our doctrine on original sin. I did a quick search early this morning. I've yet to find any church that has a statement about origi- original design. You were formed, you were designed, you were created in the image and in the likeness of God. Now, now we'll, we'll let that be true for an infant up to whatever age we decide is accountability which is not biblical or scriptural. There's no age. You are born in Christ since the cross. i, I just give you scripture. But I think, okay, because I've said that, let me give you some scripture and let's wrap it up with this. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 2. Paul says, I'm addressing the church of God in Corinth. You have been restored to the harmony of your original design. I just felt that. Made holy in Christ, you are in association with all of those who have discovered their true identity in Jesus everywhere and in every location. And, and what Paul's saying is, I'm writing to you in Ephesus or in Corinth and I'm telling you that you have been restored to the harmony of your original design and made holy in Christ and you are associated with all of the saints everywhere that have come to this realization and awakened to the fact that they are in harmony with their original design as created by Christ. Holy. All right, let's 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 18. I'm giving you something to celebrate. It's amazing to me that we can share all this. Is, we're talking about the goodness of God and what God has done in Jesus, and we can celebrate, and people will argue with you over it. They don't want to celebrate, they want to argue with it. Well, they, what about this? Can't you just accept the good news of what God has done for you and celebrate it? <laughs> he has brought you into harmony with the original design and plan of God. That includes in his original intent, blessing, provision, and abundance. I know we have problems. I know we have battles. I know life will knock us upside of the head, throw us a curveball, and tackle us on the blind side. That's life. I know that you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or headed towards a storm. But I know the storm stopper. I know the wave walker. I know the one that lives on the side of me that says I have the same authority and power to subdue and have dominion over and I can stop the storm. 2 Corinthians the 3rd chapter, verse 18. Now we all with new understanding see ourselves in Christ as in a mirror. The days of window shopping are over. Can you ever remember looking in the window of the store or flipping through a magazine and wishing you had the money to buy the things that you were looking at? The days of window shopping are over. It's a finished work. In him, every face is unveiled in gazing with wonder at the blueprint of God displayed in human form. We suddenly realize that we are looking into a mirror where every feature of his image is articulated in Christ and is reflected in us. The Spirit of the Lord engineers this radical transformation. It's a work of the Holy Spirit bringing about a metamorphosis, a radical transformation that we are led from an inferior mindset. Can I just stop right there and tell you what that really says? That inferior mindset, if you were looking at it in the Greek, it would be the word harmardia it's sin that's the word sin in other words it says that this radical transformation in this radical transfer, transformation of our minds we are led from sin, an inferior mindset to the revealed endorsement of our authentic identity or in other words from glory to glory this transformation is a transformation of your mind from sin, which Christ erased, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, Harmardia, the noun, sin, which means, here in the Greek, an inferior mindset. In other words, you've been taught for so long original sin that you have an inferior mindset towards who God has created and designed you to be. Is that too deep? It's it's why the word repent, metanoia, means a changing of your mind with a change of direction. You just don't change your mind and say, oh yeah. You also change your direction and your bend is now towards the things of God and there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Why? Because we have been set free from the law of sin and death that tells us about our inferior, it keeps us in a mindset of inferiority to who we've been designed to be. He sees you and has created you as holy. I know it's hard for us in the Western culture to think of ourselves as holy because when I use that word holy, your mind wants to take you to the things that you've done this week, the things you've said this week, the things you've walked, looked at this week, where you've walked, where you shouldn't have walked, and all those types of things because, again, in the Western theology and the poverty of the teaching of the Western culture, theology of Christ, we have taught on sin and not our original design. Wow. We've got our mask off now and God's brilliance is bouncing off of our faces. Listen to this statement, Jennifer, if you'll come play. We are glowing from knowing. We are glowing. The light of God is bouncing off of our faces. We're celebrating and we're glowing because we know. We're glowing from knowing. When you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your face will show it. I love what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis says that the light of God on you is not to shine so you can be seen. The light of God that is shining through you is for others to see Christ. We're glowing from knowing what our original design is. The word glory in the King James Version here, from glory to glory, in the Greek translates as mindset or opinion. So you have been moved when you see the light of God in the face of Jesus from the glory or the mindset of sin and death to the mindset of you are holy in God through Christ Jesus in other words we are transformed from a fallen mindset about our identity and we reach a point of conclusion to a correct mindset that agrees with God's original design that gives me a reason to celebrate I'm not trying to bring confusion. Quite the opposite. I'm trying to bring clarity. But see, when we have been programmed, we have been taught, and I use the word poverty because it's poor teaching in the Western culture about who we are in Christ. If we go back to orthodoxy and we look at the Father's of the first century and the second century they weren't teaching on original sin they were in teaching on your identity in Christ Paul was some of their contemporaries in the first century and as he writes these things and they study these things and they have discussions because Paul stands on Mars Hill in the company of pagans and he says we're all God's offspring I mean, read your Bible what he says in Acts I didn't say it don't write me letters Paul said it we're all God's offspring that means from the scriptures that we read in Ephesians the first chapter that before he spoke the world's into existence that he saw everyone that would ever be born and he said out of his great love I'm adopting them as my sons and my daughters and I see them as holy. Innocent, blameless. Hard for us to get a hold of that, isn't it? Why? Because I know what I did in the dark last night. And you do too. But that's the enemy of our minds trying to pull, away, pull us away from the goodness of God and His nature towards us. Would you stand to your feet? As pastor at Grace Life Church, and if this is your home church, I would encourage you to encourage others that in 2024, when we come together, that it is a celebration. Now that's going to take some effort on some of our parts. Uh, maybe you need to move closer to the front. I don't know. I'm just throwing some things out there. Maybe you need to get here a little bit earlier pray with us maybe you should raise your hands in the service or shout if God gives you a shout or clap your hands because the Bible says that all of us can clap our hands all you people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph those are just some things I'm not trying to put a style on our services at all but I am telling us that we need to be open to celebrate the goodness of God now, maybe one week you got a miracle, and so it's a little bit easier to pump it up and get it. That's great. But someone else next week may be the one that had the miracle, and so their enthusiasm and their celebration is contagious to you. She's got her notebook out and she's ready. If she wants to give us something. You have a word? Something you want to share?